This is Man Child Movie Night. that time again man child movie night i'm so happy <laughs> me too <clears throat> i like it when when this time comes around we can record and we can watch not that i ever need an excuse to watch funny and good movies uh, i'm it, liking the two-week format too i know yes. that this is nothing to you guys but yeah nothing yeah it's, it's nice for us a little more time to prepare yeah i don't have to feel rushed right uh, I get what Chris Hart Harvard was talking about. <laughs> yeah. Trying to fill all that in. Yeah, it makes it a little bit easier. Yeah. Then if we know yeah, well, we're not gonna explain all that stuff. <laughs> not right now. Uh I have before we get started on this one, I have an addendum from last time. Okay. I made a note of it. <clears throat> last uh I was about to say last week, but it was not last week, it was two weeks ago when we recorded. Uh, last time we talked about John Wick 2 and we talked about how it doesn't give you any background information about what's going on Mm -hmm. it just drops you down in the middle of it and you go Mm -hmm. reason for that I think and it just struck me is that we're following a character who's already familiar with the goings on Mm -hmm. not somebody that's new to the game a lot of movies you have somebody take uh, Kingsman for an example he doesn't know anything about it it exists at all and you're following that character and he gets dropped down into this new world so it gives it all a breakdown about how everything works and all that stuff John Wick's not new to the game right he's been retired but he comes back in there's no need to explain all that because you're following him he understands it Right. We're just along for the ride. Yeah. Which, like Zero in Grand Budapest, where he is <clears> new <throat> to the game, and he gets introduced into the world of Hotel Yes. <clears throat> and with that being said, I just wanted to add that before I forgot. Sure. And uh, because I thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. And tonight... Or today, if you're listening to it during the day, could you could be listening to it at <laughs> seven thirty in the morning. What else? <clears throat> it's Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh. And we need a we need an audience clapping. Yeah. I'd like the little kid cheers. Yeah. Thank you, ladies, thank you. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know. It's hard to rank things. <laughs> yeah. How many movies we've watched. But I honestly, as far as rewatchability, yeah. if that's a word, <laughs> the rewatch, you know, the enjoyment every time you rewatch, because a lot of times you do something over and over again, it kind of loses, especially with something that doesn't change, like a movie or a book or whatever, it kind of loses its luster a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, this movie, to me, doesn't. Yeah. And as far as that goes, I rank it high up on a list of movies. Well, it takes you in almost into another world while you're watching. Yes. It's just you. Absolutely. You, you get enthralled by the story, and there's no way. Well, it's um, it's a relatively low stakes 
movie yeah. and i kind of find myself being more intrigued sometimes by a low stakes movie you know it's no con air or armageddon yeah. or we're trying to save the world or you know john wick kind of a high stakes ish to john wick i'll use that example because that's fresh on my mind but yeah. any movie where the it's something huge devastating like it's the end of the world we got to stop the end of the world yeah. big high stakes uh, so not dodgeball and underdog story <laughs> <laughs> there you go <laughs> I mean they, lose, they might lose the gym but yeah the world's not stopping you know they're not out to lose anything yeah and to me it's almost just like you can get caught up with everything that's going on and kind of almost forget the main plot line. Yeah. And it's almost like half of the plot line is even hidden in this movie. Yeah. Because you're not revealed. Some people might have figured it out, but you're not revealed to really, you know, what happens at the end until the very end. Yeah. Well, I didn't, you know, well, we'll get into it, but I didn't, I didn't catch on to something until the second watch, I guess. Yeah. But... Let's just jump in okay. and talk about the cast okay. of people. That's just a good place to start. That's how I like to talk about the actors. Huge cast in this movie. He Wes Anderson. This is directed by Wes Anderson. We'll start here. Director Wes Anderson. This was the first movie I've ever watched that he did. I'm going to say probably the same for me. I don't, I don't know. He's kind of like Quentin Tarantino is who I always want to compare him to. Mm-hmm. Not in style. As far as, you know, Tarantino's more of a crime, um, more his films are more uh, over the top and violent and that kind of thing, which I like all of that too. Right. Uh, I love both of them. Yeah. But his are more, their dialogue, they got a lot of dialogue, mm-hmm. usually a lot of fast paced dialogue, a lot of characters, and they just have this their own unique strange style of yeah. going about it yeah i'd never seen this style before until i watched this movie it's, it's his and, and how fast paced it is to it just clicked immediately i don't know why but it was just it kept it keeps your attention for the whole movie you know you move so fast and i like that the speed joke funny mm-hmm. scenes like that that he <clears> comes out with but i don't i don't know any like you've talked about the life aquatic which I haven't seen mm-hmm. yet, how great it is. It's on Netflix. Yeah, I've, I've got to watch it. But like, I've heard of some of these other movies, but I haven't watched them, like uh, The Royal Tenenbaums. Mm-hmm. Haven't seen it, heard about it. Yep. Um, I've heard about Moonrise Kingdom and Fantastic Mr. Fox. Okay. Moonrise Kingdom is on Netflix. It's on my watch list. I need to watch it. Okay. Yeah, I've heard I've heard of both of those. That's that's about it. Other than the Grand Budapest, that's about it for me. That I, know um, it is. I remember when the Darjeeling Limited came out. <laughs> Or however you say that, Darjeeling, <coughs> Darjeeling Limited. Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember thinking that it was probably a strange movie. I remember seeing previews and stuff for it, but I, that was, I was in high school, I guess. Okay. That was early 2000s. And then Moonrise Kingdom was the one, Grand Budapest is the most recent. Now he's got one coming out next month. Oh, really? Called Isle of Dogs. I see that. Uh, it's a stop motion animation, which... Oh. Might have to venture to the theater to see that. Uh, yeah, see who does the, some voices in there. Brian Henry. Cranston. Brian Cranston's the the main character, I think. Uh, Edward Norton. Yeah, Ed Norton, Bill Murray. 
Bill, I think Bill Murray has been in every He's, movie yeah. of his since Rushmore. Okay. And see, Owen Wilson. Uh, Goldblum. Goldblum is in Life Aquatic. Mm-hmm. Scarlett oh. Joe is in is in the okay. Voice. I'm probably gonna have to go and see Tilda Swint- Swinton. We might have to venture off and see that. And and a F Murray Abraham. He does the voice in that as well. <clears throat> I can name these on that. <laughs> what we said, or well, you're naming his movies. Mm-hmm. We can just who stood out to you? It doesn't have to be the main, whatever, but who stood, who stands out well, to you the most? Obviously, Ralph Fiennes or Fiennes, yeah. however you pronounce his name. I think it's actually it's Fiennes, but I think Fiennes. it's Rafe. Oh, really? Is how they pronounce it. It's okay. spelled Ralph. Yeah, yeah. But they pronounce I've heard, heard um, somebody. I've heard several people. I think it's Rafe. Wow. Which is weird to me. Yeah. But so his performance was fantastic. You know, he's. I love him from In Bruges and several other. Uh, he's Voldemort. Harry Potter. Yeah. He's Voldemort and Harry Potter. Um, and he was in. Have you ever seen The English Patient? No. That is a. It won. I think it won Oscars or were nominated for Oscars or whatever. It's 20 something years old now. Mm-hmm. And it's a long movie, but he's in it. And it's kind of a. Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's a movie you could watch with your wife. It's kind of it's a love story. Okay, kind of drama. Yeah, it's pretty good. He was good in that. Right, and I've seen him in something else. Well, I, I'm just now watching through the Harry Potter series, Clash of the Titans. Oh yes, yes. He's Hades. Yes, yes. No, but you're just now watching. I'm just now Potter? watching through the Harry. So I I've seen some some of most of the movies, but I've never seen them in completion. So. I'm going to watch all the way through all of them, you know. Okay. Um, you have them all? I have some of them I need to uh, borrow some yeah. of yours. Okay. To, Rock and roll. To fill in the gaps. Absolutely. I, I started with the Sorcerer's Stone last uh, a couple days ago. watched it, so I'll get I'll get my fill of... <laughs> he... Of Rafe. Is it Rafe? Rafe. Rafe. Okay. It's like you took the L out. Okay. Rafe. Uh, yeah, I was watching... Uh, uh, behind the scenes interview with Wes Anderson on YouTube just in pre- preparation for this mm-hmm. and uh, he said that the character of Gustav H <clears throat> was based on uh, he and the guy uh, his co-writer they have a mutual friend who the character is based on mm-hmm. so I wonder if he has his mannerisms or what but it, <clears throat> he said that he wrote the character first and then kind of had something going on. They did, He didn't have where it was set, none of that yet. And he said that Ray Fiennes was always a guy that he wanted to work with. And okay. it ended up being that he wrote this part for Rafe. And he said, I can't envision seeing anybody playing him other than him now. Right. It became his, his character. Part, yeah. Me, Which happens. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah, you see any movie now and you can hear people, hear people talk about, well, you know, so-and-so was up for, like, Han Solo. Mm-hmm. Harrison Ford is Han Solo. He is Han Solo. He will always be Han Solo. Yeah. <clears throat> but Kurt Russell had auditioned for the part of Han mm-hmm. Solo back in the 70s, among other people. But And then you try to, like, well, can you imagine Kurt Russell as Han Solo? And right. you're like, ah, oh, that seems weird. Yeah. But you know, we don't know any different because right. that's, you know. Like, um, I still would like to see it, but Will Poulter... 
mm-hmm. the dude from We're the Millers mm-hmm. and Revenant. He was set to play Pennywise. Yes, we talked about on that. the original think, yeah. go. <coughs> Excuse me. And you can kind of say, well, some people. Yeah, like, like, again, yeah, I, I said I he had that facial structure. like. Yeah, and I think Colin Farrell had been up maybe for the role of the Joker for the Dark Knight at one point hmm. before Heath Ledger or around that time. An Irish. And uh, or they said that maybe he was going to take it over. Maybe they thought about him taking it over after okay. Heath Ledger passed or something like that. It's kind of hard to, once you get used to somebody and you've watched the movie yeah. and you're used to that character, they play it multiple times. It's hard to see somebody in in the role because you it's more or less sometimes a really good actor makes you forget that they're an actual actor that they're they are that character yeah i agree one of my favorite actors and it's not that i've seen just a whole ton of stuff that he's been in but everything that he's been in i'm drawn to him Mm -hmm. that's jude law yeah (laughs) any man at the gates i love that movie the holiday Yes. My, oh my gosh. I've watched that so many times. But I watched that more for Jack Black. I mean, yeah. Well, that China loves that movie. Yeah. It's in my case over there. Yeah. But I like him in that. Uh, he's in Road to Perdition. I don't even see um, that. I'm trying to think. There's something that I'm missing that I need to look up. I don't. Oh, he's Watson. That's in Sherlock yeah, Holmes. That's, yeah, that's it. Okay, I was like, there's something else that I, yeah. I know. It. And he was in that... He's in The Aviator? He's in the movie I haven't seen yet that I want to see. The King Arthur. Is it The Legend of King Arthur or something like uh, that? Charlie Hunnam plays Arthur. and then he King plays, Arthur, Legend of the Sword. Legend of the Sword, okay. Yeah. He's in that. I want to see that. Oh, he's in the new Fantastic Beasts movie. I haven't seen the first one. He, he plays Dumbledore. What? Albus Dumbledore. Young Dumbledore. That, yep. Oh, dude, I've got so, to see the first so, one. What? I oh, yeah, that's one. right. It's, it's great, dude. Uh, freaking uh, Balls of Fury and the guy from Fanboys. Yeah. He's hilarious. <laughs> oh, he's so funny. He's and funny it, in everything yeah. he does. Um, not to get too far off on Jude Law, because yeah. I know he's kind of well, like Leo to me. Well, two two actors that really stood out in this, just because of their performance, not because of the thing. Well, partly some of it was because of the things that they say, but uh, is uh, Adrian Brody uh-huh. obvious from his first line in the movie? What is his first line? The when he's like, "Who is this? Who the heck is oh. this?" <laughs> but him and Willem Dafoe. And uh, Jeff Goldblum. Those Goldblum. Three. Yeah, three, not two. No, Those... Goldblum and Defoe are both in Life Aquatic. Oh, okay, okay. And Goldblum, uh, not Goldblum, uh, Defoe does a kind of a French accent in that one. Really? It's kind of weird to hear him. It's funny. Yeah. A French or a German, something like it. Maybe German. And I'll, have, I'll have to tell you William Defoe's nickname when we're not on air. Oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Two more that you didn't name that I have on my list here. F. Murray Abraham. I have not seen him in anything else that I know of. But dude has an incredible voice. Yeah. And an incredible beard. Yes. (laughs) And hair. Yeah. But I wonder if that was a wig. Yeah, I don't know. He's bald in this picture, so. Yeah. And uh, Edward Norton. Yes. Oh. 
Matthew Allen, shout out to Matthew, buddy of mine, uh-huh. loves Edward Norton. Yeah. Like two of his favorite actors are, are I think it may not be in this list, but I know we had made a top five one time, mm-hmm. and in his top five somewhere are John Cusack, okay. Keanu Reeves, and Edward Norton. And is Edward Norton because of like the uh, the Fight Club or? I think like Fight Club, American History X, Hulk. Uh, <laughs> dude, that was a good Hulk movie. Uh, it's it was better than one of the, the first best, one. Best Hulk movies we've. Are got. they gonna do a Hulk movie with, with Ruffalo? I don't know. I, I couldn't. I don't know. No, they, you know I guess I like Ruffalo. I'm gonna see what else Norton was in because I'm I'm leaving some stuff out. He's in Fight Club, American History X. Oh uh, yeah, American History X. Is uh, Red Dragon, is that, is that the name of that? Red Dragon? Uh, Red. No. Hannibal. Red, no, he's in Red Dragon. Yes. Yeah, Hannibal. Kingdom of Heaven, American History X, uh, Incredible Hulk, <laughs> The Dictator. I he's the voice. Long time. Sausage Party. Okay. He's the voice of the bagel. He it, Sammy. <laughs> Okay, we're not going to get into any yeah, more of that movie. Woo! That movie. <clears throat> Funny for the, the, until the, the end. Uh, and then it got a little while. I only saw the last 30 to 45 minutes at your house at one time. Yeah. What have you been watching? <laughs> Good grief. <coughs> I was like, the rest of the movie wasn't like this. <laughs> but, and I even like, uh, what's her name? Sarah C. Ronan? Yeah. She's Hannah. She had the big Mexican tattoo on her face. Yeah, yeah, it's a birthmark. Uh, birthmark on birthmark, her face. Yeah. But they make a comment about it. It's like a birthmark in the shape of Mexico on her face <laughs> or something like that. Well, it's red. It yeah. Off. <laughs> and it's... <clears throat> she's in She's in that new movie that came out that everybody was raving about, Lady Bird. Uh-huh. She's the main character in that. And uh, I think she is the little girl in The Lovely Bones. Okay. I think that's her. Yeah. I'm not mistaken. I didn't know her for much. Um, but yeah, and then just a minute ago looking at this on IMDb, I did not know that was Tilda Swinton as the old lady that we'll yeah. talk about. I did not know that. <laughs> and then it's like, once I saw her face, I'm like, oh, of course, that's, that's yeah, Tilda That's Swinton. her in The Lovely Bones. Okay, gotcha. Yep. Um, well, one thing <clears throat> I was going to talk about is the, uh, I didn't notice this at all. Mm-hmm. at all this movie's been out since 2014 I first saw it in 2015 yeah. it, uh, I don't know what lured me to it I was seeing some uh, previews or, or maybe blu-ray release commercials for it or something and seeing that it had all these people in it and I was like it's probably going to be a strange movie but it's got to be pretty good with all those people like Goldblum yeah. and Norton and Rafe Fines and all those guys and uh I just, I got lucky and it was on HBO. Mm-hmm. We had had a free HBO weekend or something like that with the DirecTV and I recorded it on DVR. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> recorded it <laughs> and watched it. And I'm, you know a movie is good when, if I watch a movie and it's good when I go pick up the phone, Chris, you got to watch this movie. Yeah. 
that's always a, a judge of how again, uh, how good a movie is. It was a revelation. <laughs> Mind blowing. No. Not quite life altering, yeah. but uh, I fell in love with it from the first time I watched it, and I've, I can't tell you how many times I've watched it since yeah. then. And I went and bought it on Blu-ray. Yeah, have it, and it's made me want to watch the rest of his stuff because the rest of I mean the, apparently the rest of his stuff is in the same style yeah. this obviously different stories but the same kind of shots mm-hmm. and the you know kind of the way well, he does it cinematically yeah. yeah and the quirks and yeah. costumes and that kind of thing and so I watched The Life Aquatic Bill Murray is the main character. It doesn't get any better than that one. That's what I wanted more of in this movie was Bill Murray. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I'll have to watch The Life Aquatic now. Yes, it's good. Yeah. But I didn't notice, it went around that world just to say that, yeah. but I didn't notice that the aspect ratio changes for every... And I was watching this little video on YouTube about the, the visual whatever and it said uh, the present day and that where it goes from 1985 because it's four time periods present day is the very opening and then 1985 is with uh what's that guy's name tom something mm-hmm. the british guy that plays jude law older tom wilkinson yeah yeah and then uh he was the bad guy in rush hour yeah <laughs> He's a weird bad guy. For yeah, me. that's yeah. But um, and then 1968 and then 1932. Well, the 16 by nine or 16, yeah, by nine aspect ratio is what everything's basically shot in mm-hmm. today, and that was what they used for present day and 1985. And then when it went back to 1968, it changed to two by 35 mm-hmm. or however you say that like 35 I guess it's 35 millimeter I'm not really sure what that stands for but yeah. it made it more anamorphic mm-hmm. more widescreen that was what they used yeah. in around 1968 mm-hmm. and then when it went back to 1932 it squared up yeah you got that 4 by 3 mm-hmm. four that's by exactly three. what it was yep. 4 by 3 mm-hmm. <clears throat> 4 3 like old style movies well yeah they still have a lot of them do dvds up until a few years ago that's still, yeah. they're still you know you come out full screen that's what mm-hmm. it is four by three it's yeah that 16 by nine widescreen that we have now yeah you know? well that was there was 16 by nine two thirty-five, cool. two two by 35 by one maybe I didn't two, two 2.35 by one yeah and then four by three yeah i don't know that i caught on to that i didn't catch it till this time but it's like he's Present Match day it with that. the time. Yeah. Yeah. Who thinks I mean, who, about who, doing that yeah, kind of stuff? Do that? <laughs> and then another thing that video was talking about, and it showed clips from every movie that he has. Every frame is symmetrical. I I heard about this, and you, if you'll watch, there's not many scenes in this movie where people move at a diagonal. There's walk. not. They move side to side they move or forward side to side away. and forward and backwards. And he even moves the camera like you'll... He does long, like, walking shots. Yeah. A lot of walking shots. Yeah. They'll walk toward the camera, and then all of a sudden they'll turn, and, like, he turns. And it always go. It, most of the time it goes right. Like, the camera will be following him, and it'll, it'll start moving yeah. right. Yeah. And I... 
He's got to have OCD or something, you know, like, like everything's got to be in linear but action. But it makes for an interesting experience yeah. because most movies like, oh, and he always has something lined up in the background, always. Yeah. And I, after I, watched, I read this the other night and I was watching it again, I was watching and I was like, this is insanity. It is insanity because every shot had something and it was perfectly lined up against every frame. And I'm like, this is, there was, um, he'll have something in the center and then he might have a character here and a character here or, you know, opposite or whatever. But the, and he doesn't, uh, take the, uh, the thermal bath scene where, uh, Jude Law is talking to F. Murray Abraham. Um, they're not lined up perfectly in the center of the the camera of frame, mm-hmm. but the thing behind it on it the is. wall is. And most most of the time, a camera would angle toward the person, or they would angle. They might angle themselves, mm-hmm. or something that. But ever, I didn't notice it. There's a lot of geometry going on in this. <laughs> this but it. It wouldn't be the same movie, I don't think. No, no. I mean, if it didn't happen. That plays, I don't know how, but through my mind, it plays into how quick everything is. He's able to do everything at speed that way. Yeah. Well, he does, a lot of people have, they'll do camera cuts. (coughs) Yeah. Like, when they they walk away, like they're walking toward him, and when they walk off camera, like they would just change. Right. They change camera, and then you'd see it. Right. That's you how get the be. fluid motion. Now you see them. They watch. They're following, and the, the camera moves with them. Yeah. Which is not typical. It's uncommon. Yeah. The camera yeah. actually moves instead of it. They moving the camera or whatever. I mean, they will move the camera, but uh, like on a track. Yeah. But it they actually rotate the yeah. camera to move around, so you get that movement. You're seeing the turn. Right. I think of that '70s show. Yeah, when they're yeah. sitting in the circle, yeah, how you spin, how it spins, and you see that's like what it is. But that it blew my mind. I was like, and that's apparently every movie. Hmm. Every it's not just this. Like every, that that's a, he's probably got so some now you got to do the the Life Aquatic again and yes and, and watch it. Yeah, <laughs> but it it was showing it like everything was symmetrical, and I was that's that's just amazing. Like. Not only to write, because he writes the movies, not only to write the movies, the screenplays, the scripts, do all the directing, and then focus that much on the yeah. shot. Each and every shot. That's that's unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's like Tarantino, though. Tarantino's another one who's real particular about things. And see, Tarantino's done eight movies, mm-hmm. working on his ninth, and... Uh, Anderson's done about eight. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, they're not like directing a movie every year. Yeah. You know, or every couple of years or four yeah. years or something like that. They're putting so much time and effort into them. I don't know. I appreciate things like that. Mm-hmm. Somebody, yeah. you because know, I mean, you can well, crank, it's more you than can crank just out a of Fast and the Furious every year. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's it's more than just a job at that point. It's you know, it's your work of art. You yeah. Know? Well. I'm glad you said that because that's what this movie makes me think. That's what it makes me think of. And the guy that was doing that video, he said that a lot of people don't like Anderson's style because it's kind of quirky 
and it seems fake mm-hmm. or unrealistic. He said, but he looks at it like a work of art. Like yeah. it's like a painting. Well, and there's some scenes in there that they look unrealistic in the way they're shot, but to me it made it so much more immersive, like the sledding scene. Yes. It's, you know how cartoonish it looked. It uh-huh. just, that, it was awesome. And then the, uh, uh, even just the, the beginning, when we're, we're going to the hotel and they're up in the elevator, and the elevator's right. just a quick jerk up, you know, it's uh-huh. moving incredibly faster than it would be in real life. Yeah. But the way it just moves is just... Well, it's uh, cartoonish. All that stuff, like the hotel, that was a model. Oh, exactly, right. The model, and then all that stuff, stop motion. Yeah. And that in itself is amazing. Yeah. It's to take that like that kind of care. It is art, and I, I mean, I look at films and stuff like that. It's like a creation of art, just like if you're writing a piece well, of music or you're painting a picture or whatever. So I'm looking at this Reddit thread, uh, and just the rubbish. Ben Jones is his name, but. Uh, here's his quote that plays right in what we're saying. Uh, I love his movies because I legitimately feel like I'm somewhere else when I watch them, not on Earth, like an alternate dimension. A lot of the way people act and and the aesthetic is slightly off at times, cartoon-like, but I'm always able to immerse myself in his films. Absolutely. That's that 100% how we feel about it. There are some movies, if a movie is, and I'll use my brother for an example, he wanted to borrow, uh, wanted to see Inglorious Bastards. Right. And I love Tarantino. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. Yeah. It's one of my favorites he is. My, my brother said, hey, I was talking about that movie. And he said, ain't that about World War II? I was like, yeah, somewhat. I said, <laughs> it's not, I said, it's, it's not a, a true story. Right. And he said, is it any good? I said, I like it a lot. Oh, yeah. And he said, let me borrow it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So he borrowed it. When I saw him again, I said, hey, what'd you think of the movie? He said, he said it was all right till up toward the end. He said, they killed Hitler. I was like, yeah. He yeah. said, that didn't really happen. I was like, I know. Yeah. It's a made up story. Yeah. Man, I don't like, I like real stuff. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> dude, I love you. You don't understand. You have to... <laughs> you have to dive off in it and that to me that's the sound the sound that's the sign of a good story yeah if you are able to lose yourself in it that's what movies were originally to right. do they came out in the 20s and the 30s and depression era when time sucked yeah and you had stuff like Robin Hood and Gone with the Wind and all yeah. these old time movies that was just this immersive experience of where you could go in there and forget about your crappy life for a little while yeah. or the crap not maybe your crappy life but the crappy things going on in yeah. your life for a little while it's an escape and that's one reason i like movies and reading books mm-hmm. i can go in and you know my life's fairly boring <laughs> i mean if our life were you know more exciting we wouldn't be podcasting about right. movies we would be making movies right. or something which i would love to do yeah but i'm trying to that, think about that quote that sums it up. That was yeah. perfect. I guess I, there are some movies that I can't, that I can't get into. And it's almost like there's some TV shows that like, my wife watches a lot of TV shows. Uh, she's stuck on parenthood right now. Mm-hmm. It's a good show, but it's too much like real life. Yeah. 
some of the stuff they go through, I'm like, whew. I said, we got to stop. Like, I, this, that, that's like, home. that ain't hitting home right there. <laughs> that ain't hit home. Like, I don't, I, mm, uh-uh. I was yeah. like, it's a good show, but I'm like, I can't, I can't watch that all the time. I like fantasy and I like stuff that I know, I know it's not real, right. but I like to pretend it's real. Yeah. And it's kind of like what we talked about with the village, which the village is a movie we haven't done yet, but we plan on doing. I have mm. a lot of things to say about it. And I've said, I think I've talked about <laughs> it on every podcast ever, <clears throat> but that was another one. I heard people was like, Oh, well, that's not believable. Okay. If you want to watch something that's believable, watch a documentary. Right. If not, shut up. Yeah, exactly. Cause somebody's telling a story. Yeah. Just let it go. Same thing as you said in, the Star Wars podcast where it's in a galaxy once upon a time the galaxy far far away just you've you hooked me you know tell me the story yep. you know I want to hear it I'm here I'm, I'm on board with whatever it is you have to say right. unless it's like based on a true story real facts real life in northeast Mississippi yeah. where we're located <laughs> and it's they have something and it's like living in California or living in Zabrovka yeah. and I'm like that's not real you know, don't, you know, I, no movie comes on and says, or like this movie didn't say, this is a realistic journey into the lives of mm-hmm. Gustav H and Zero Mustafa. Yeah. No, it's like, I'm here to tell a story. Who yeah. cares if it's not real or whatever? I just, people caring that much about it, I'm, it's like they can't let go yeah. of themselves a little too. They probably take themselves a little too seriously too. Yeah. At least I think so. Right. But, have you got uh, a favorite scene? <laughs> Most of them are not quotable. <laughs> no, uh, the the scene. Well, of course, I mentioned to you the scene where uh, uh, Gustav is hanging off the <laughs> the edge of the cliff, and Willem Dafoe is stomping him, and he starts quoting poetry. <laughs> well, it, it, this what does he say? Breath. Yeah, well, it, yeah, me thinks, me hears, me yeah. uh, me life, something like yeah. that. And he's he's stoning it, and then oh, you got it! Zero knocks him. Oh, you got it! But even even I'm trying to remember that other line. Even when he's sta- he's hanging off the the cliff, and he's like, oh, I'm gonna find. It. He's like, I hate you, you creep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hate you, you creep. And then he starts quoting poet, the, yeah. quoting the, the poetry. <laughs> What an interesting character tick uh-huh. to have to give somebody. Like he quotes poetry and he writes it. Yeah. And then reads it to his <laughs> randomly lobby. recites it to yeah. all these people. Oh, it's brilliant when he's he, he's wrote it from in jail and having uh-huh. zero read it to he's, You're gonna want to have them. Start yeah, there's like we have a uh, we have a poem, but it's 43 stanzas. <laughs> so you might want to have it go ahead and start the soup. <laughs> Waves his hand for eating. <laughs> I like that. I mean, that scene is funny. I like the whole dialogue right there at the first, where uh, he's talking about all of his. Uh, he said, "I've I, I started to realize it didn't take me long. I started to realize that most of the guests came to see him specifically." Mm-hmm. And it said they all had several things in common. Right. They were all uh, old, mm-hmm. blonde, rich, uh, 
what vain, vain, yeah, and uh, needy, and all that. And then he stops. He goes, "Wait a minute, why blonde?" Yeah, that's the one you and stop. Then he's like, yeah, because they were. Yeah, well, <laughs> because they all we don't were. Need a better answer because yeah. they just because they all were. They all were. <laughs> I like that, mm-hmm. and I like. Um, man, there's really too many to name. Well, like it, like one thing. Like when Edward Norton comes on the train, and he's a completely different persona than the other guys who are in there brutalizing. Yeah. And <laughs> get your hands off my lobby boy. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. And he he tells him how you know oh unhand these men unhand these men and you know and he he tells him who he is and all of it and then later on when they come back and they're on the train again now who's leading them is the guy that was originally roughing him up. Yeah, and that and it's not. There's no let up at that point, uh-huh. you know. It the um, and you know I didn't notice until in that video I watched that was uh, that scene was black and white at the mm-hmm. end. It's the only scene that's in black and white in the mm-hmm. whole movie, and he thought it was because it was the, the darker part. Yeah. You know, that's right where spoiler alert they take him out. You don't see it, but they take him off the train and kill him. Yeah. I like. Uh, I like. I like. That. It's, it's hard to choose because there's yeah, so many. Yeah, well, that's a stage three visa, darling. <laughs> yeah, I, I checked it myself. He's with me. <laughs> <laughs> the, oh, the uh, probably the scene <coughs> where he comes in and they're looking at the wheel mm-hmm. or whatever, and he says, uh, "I relate a boy with apple mm-hmm. uh, to Gustav H." Wow. Yeah. And it goes back and forth, all free of all taxes, and it's, oh. My, <laughs> and everybody's like, "Who's Gustav Age?" I'm afraid that's me, darling. <laughs> and uh, who is this? <laughs> He's a concierge, and the uh, preys on innocent victims. And I bet he <laughs> screws them all too. <laughs> of course, I go to bed with all my friends, and then he punches him, and then Zero punches him, and then Willem <laughs> Dafoe punches, punches Zero. <laughs> <laughs> and then they all got bloody noses, and they got. I like that. Well, then he, later on he comes. Well, then that old guy's like, can... "Where's Celine?" He goes, "She's dead. We're reading her will." Yeah. <laughs> like causing a, you know, and yeah. whatever he said. And then he says he he was probably sleeping. He's yeah. like, and I thought I was <laughs> You are, but you're bisexual. But you're bisexual. <laughs> <laughs> Who comes up with that kind of dialogue? I don't know. That's what's so well, crazy. Well, he, even like I said, from his his step into the movie is just. Everything that he says is hilarious. What's the meaning of this? <laughs> Enter clip. <laughs> with the, uh, with that picture. Yeah. I laugh, I laugh out loud at that picture. They're standing there and he's like, well, um, He had that painted for the movie. Oh, really? Yes, it wasn't a real picture. He had the picture painted. Oh. I, I would like a picture of two. <laughs> with a, a very, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Explicit. Yeah. I mean, that left nothing to the imagination. Yeah, right. But I like that scene. Well, when he pulls it up, I, like, he takes down Boy, no, I know it's a different scene, but he takes down Boy with Apple and then he hangs that up there. It's like, that's, like that's it was the, sitting over there on the floor. That's the scene I was talking okay. about. Like, he's, they're in there and he's talking, and you probably get ready if I need to insert a, a beep. Because uh, <laughs> I'm just gonna I'm gonna quote it straight. Right. Uh, he says uh, <laughs> he's telling him about boy with apple, and he says, "Can we see it?" 
I don't see why not. So they go to the room and they're up there, you know, admiring it. He says, it truly is beautiful. Says, oh yes, it's a original Van Hoytel, whatever. There's only three in existence. This one's in perfect condition. It's worth whatever the rest of the is useless junk. It's full of the rest of this is useless junk. <laughs> Worthless junk. Yeah. And then he looks at him and he just kind of gives him a nod toward the well, picture. And that plays right back into how he told him a lobby boy always knows what the what the person needs before they even know the need is there. And the, and he is he, he already he goes and picks up the stool and sets it over there for him before he ever thinks about stealing it. And then he reaches up and he just stands on is the this stool. Origi- is this an original thought from you? Yeah. I was watching you're, it the other. You're blowing my mind. Right <laughs> you really. I are. was catching on to it. You're watching it uh, Tuesday night. I was like, he he literally he walks over there, and grabs the stool, and sits it down, and he never looks at him to to hint to do that. Yeah, and no word is ever said. No word ever stuff. said. He just picks it up. You're blowing and, my mind right now. That was amazing. <laughs> and and I never even fish. thought about that. Yeah, that was insane. Yeah, I mean, and there's there's hints through that throughout the movie where he, he picks up just like he's he starts handing stuff off to that other lobby boy when he when he meets him. He, in that, the, uh-huh. you know, a lobby boy never, never reveals secrets yeah, like that. Uh, yeah, and because you, you get that whole scene where he's kind of narrating it, telling him, and then you see Zero out doing all the things, you know, holding up the little placement so that old lady can pluck her hair on her face. And, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, taking the dog and whatever. And he said, that lobby mm-hmm. boy. Swapping ashtrays. Yeah. A lobby boy is completely invisible, yet always yeah. near at hand yeah. and all this. <laughs> and it's... Like when he tells him the, uh, I like the, he says, uh, what's your experience? And he names off most of zero, uh, education. I learned reading and spelling zero, <laughs> any family zero. Yeah. You know, and then he goes on, uh, to say, uh, they get on the, on the elevator and he says, why do you want to be a lobby boy? Well, the Grand Budapest, sir. It's an inst. Who wouldn't? It's an institution. <laughs> Very good. Very good. <laughs> and <coughs> like the flattering will get you everywhere. Yeah. Well, he seems like the you know a very <coughs> guy that's easy that would take it to flattering very easily. Anybody that likes perfume that much. I would, dude, you segued perfectly because I was about to say he quotes he was the most heavily perfumed man that I had ever met. <laughs> Gets on, he gets on the elevator and then leaves, or gets off the elevator and the guy gets in the house. The old ball goes. Yeah. Which is also later on how they knew he'd been on the... On, on the, the train. On the train. Because Edward Norton smelled it, yeah. <laughs> she was dynamite in the sack, dog. That, that scene, that... <laughs> that that whole scene, the, with that, you know, uh, when they're on the train. Yeah. They uh, and bring along a bottle of the whatever it is. We don't have to drink the cat piss they serve on the on the train. And then he yes, he said she needs me, and I need you to bring my bags and such. Yeah. <laughs> we must go to her at once. We must. Yes, we must. She needs me, and I need you to carry my bags and such. <laughs> but oh, you you kind of get almost get the fact that maybe he uh, when he when he says that about his family, you know, family zero. That he, you know, he kind of, but he tells him that he so he takes him on as his yeah. personal, uh, like assistant, like whatever, and his uh, 
kind of a, um, not adopted him, but his uh, guardian. What yeah. he says, his guardian. And uh, you already get kind of the, the relationship building up between the two. Yeah. And it almost seems like they're, they do complement each other very well, but they're kind of the same. But you can tell as it goes on further through the mm-hmm. movie, he's picked up more things from, from Gustav. Yeah. And the, the with a scene on the train when he uh he's going on about her and he said maybe she left a few clubex for yours truly but one never knows till the ink is dry yeah and he said she was dynamite in the sack by the way <laughs> yeah if you're wondering she was 84 hmm, i've had older yeah <laughs> yeah so when you're younger you prefer the fillet it's all fillet steak <laughs> yeah fillet steak. it's all fillet steak but when you get my age you have to settle for the cheaper cuts, which is my favorites. More flavorful, as they say. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it, made me th- it makes me think of Fez on that 70s show. I said, I'd love to make love to an 80-year-old. What? They must know everything. Not just about sex, but history and trivia, too. <laughs> they can tell you stories. <laughs> okay. <coughs> but yes, that was... Um, Tilda Swinton. Yeah, that's as Madame D. Blew me away because I didn't catch that at all. She doesn't. She has some weird contacts in. Yeah. And I. I well, he I, and he was so grossed out by her nail polish. Oh, when he uh, when he gets ends up in prison. Yeah. Okay. Just for I hope you've everybody's watched the movie, but if you haven't, and you're this far into it, <laughs> you're too far gone, son. His lady that he has an affair with, whatever. She's an old lady. Uh, rich old lady a, ca- a countess I think she dies of poisoning somebody kills her he goes to investigate well they think somebody frames him yep he gets arrested taken to jail <laughs> that's another one of my f- favorite lines oh my dear zero he's <laughs> the must never be again <laughs> but uh, he's actually become a dear friend but he um when he's in the in prison for that he meets Pinky and he's become the dear friend or whatever they're sitting at the table when he brings the Mendels right in. right and he says you know Gustav we think you're a real straight fellow <laughs> I've never been accused of that yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember that well then when he goes you need to back up <laughs> but when, he, when he's he, he, he said what is this horrible varnish on your nails? <laughs> no, you don't like it. Oh, it's not that I don't like it. I'm vo- visibly repulsed. Repulsed <laughs> <laughs> it. Uh, he said, it's awful. The color's all wrong. Later, you know, after she dies, yeah. he goes to see her and he goes, oh, you changed it. Yeah. It's perfect. He goes, I don't know what sort of cream they put on you down at the morgue, but I want I some. I want some. <laughs> <laughs> He's a flatterer. Oh, yeah. That's what I thought. Which she's dead. Yeah. <laughs> flattering her yeah. and the little uh the well that that whole scene there mm-hmm. with with the the little mousy guy Serge oh yeah Serge and uh was that was that's when it all breaks loose that's right before they go in for the, yeah. the wheel yeah what are yeah. we talking about scenes yeah they're just kind of jumping around yeah <laughs> Favorite scenes. Yeah, we were talking about perfume. The heavenly, his most heavenly, heavenly, <laughs> per, heavenly, perf, heavenly perfumed man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <coughs> before we get too far off, another one I wanted to bring to uh, attention. We didn't mention Jason Schwartzman mm-hmm. as Monsieur Jean. Oh yeah, yeah. He's the 
What's his name on Scott Pilgrim? Uh, he's the the main he's the main, main at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head though. If he had a name, I can't remember. Yeah, it's not Dirk. <laughs> Lance. I don't know. Those are douchey, too douchey sounding <laughs> names. That's what I thought. Sorry if any of you are named Kyle, Dirk and Lance. Cody, you know. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry, not sorry. <clears throat> Dirk. <laughs> Dirk and Lance. <laughs> Dolph. He was in a band called Florida Georgia Line. <laughs> Sound of me throwing up. Yeah. Uh, oh God. He was a Chad. Chad. <laughs> that's, that's, there it is, right there. Chad. Yeah. But we already mentioned all of his poetry and his spoken word stuff. <laughs> what about the cat? The <laughs> cat. <laughs> you just throw my cat out the window. I do not. I don't think it jumped out the window. He's he's petting the cat and he just. Toss it right out the window, <laughs> and then he picks it up later on in the baggage claim. Yeah, when he checked it. Uh, <laughs> but one thing I do like about it, this movie is it's it it takes place in a fictionalized version of Eastern Europe, mm-hmm. Germany. Poland, Czechoslovakia, that kind of area. And nobody speaks with a... Oh, (laughs) yeah, they don't hide. No, I like that. Yeah. I mean, a lot of times you... I mean, it makes it more authentic, but I think with the way the storyline goes, I mean, everybody's just using their their voice. Right. Like, Edward Norton speaking and Zero speaking with a full-on American accent. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Ray Fiennes is just British. Yeah. And then uh, uh, the girl, Cersei Ronan, mm-hmm. she's Irish. No, so she yeah, has her yeah, Irish. Yeah. yeah. She's, I mean, she is Irish, but you, you, you steal art. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she had that heavy, heavy Irish accent. Yeah. You could tell it. But, and I think that <coughs> is part of, um, the charm I think yeah of this movie how it's everybody uses their own accent yeah so it doesn't it, like it doesn't blend it almost like it sucky yeah <laughs> like, true blue oh sucky <laughs> like trying to trying to sound southern yeah <laughs> uh, it doesn't take away from it you know no well, I, I think it would yeah. if, if everybody's trying to do an accent you got Jeff Goldblum up there his <laughs> name is Deputy Kovacs yeah. but he speaks with the Jeff Goldblum voice <laughs> he, he, he's just Jeff Goldblum <laughs> he is in most of his movies <laughs> I'm not like the where they're sitting out I'm going to quote this they're sitting out on the, the little hay bale after they escape from the prison oh man and then Gustav says Serge X missing Deputy Kovacs, also missing. Madame D, dead. Boy with apple, stolen by us. Yeah. Dimitri and Joplin, ruthless, cold-blooded savages. Gustav H, at large. What else? <laughs> Zero, confused. <laughs> Zero, confused, indeed. The plot thickens, as they say. Why, by the way, is that a soup metaphor? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like that. 
Well, the, the whole spiel outside of when they escape from prison, and it's like, you need to run. What are you doing standing here having an existential crisis of, of where you came from? <laughs> Which is, a, I mean, the whole scene's fantastic. Don't get I me love wrong. that. I do like that scene when they escape. They come out of there and Harvey Keitel. Forgot about Harvey Keitel. And he's got the little the little kid drawn on tattoos. <laughs> Terrible. <clears throat> I like that. But then he has that, that picture over there and he's like, who drew this? What do you mean who drew this? I drew it. And he's got the full on New York accent. What do you mean who drew it? I drew it. <laughs> yeah, but he's got the crappy tennis. So it's like he drew this like, intricate map. But then he had, this is this is fantastic. You have you have a lovely line yeah. or something like that. And he's just like Yeah. Got the face like yeah. he's a braggadocio face. Yeah. And uh the uh that whole scene after they they break out. Well, before you get to that, the whole reason that they're able to break out is because you befriended the giant Scarface man. Yeah. <laughs> By giving him, what was it, porridge or... Uh, or well, uh, just being nice. Yeah, just being nice to him, but, you know. Uh, mush. Mush. A bowl of mush a day. It's actually quite nourishing this he's morning a with salt. a little salt. Yeah. And he comes and the other guy's trying to squeal on him and he... Yeah. the Harvey Cantel. <laughs> these these yeah. guys are trying to escape. Shut up, you snitch. <laughs> Shut up, you snitch. <laughs> Snitch. <laughs> Thank you. You're a wonderful man. You're a beautiful you're, man. You're a lovely man. <laughs> Thank you. But yeah, so they escape. And well, the, like you're talking about this existential, existential, I'll say it right, eventually, conversation out yeah. there. He shows up and he's, okay, it's the safe house. I wasn't able to procure a safe house. <laughs> okay. What is it? All right, you have the disguises. Uh, thought you were going to grow a beard (laughs) and then he blows up on him he's basically what did he say I I don't expect to uh, why would you even move here a penniless a penniless immigrant lobby to become a lobby boy boy, why would I expect any more from something like that and he said I didn't move here because I didn't whatever my, is, fa- my my father was killed in the war my my yeah my family was killed uh my father was killed in the war my family was killed in a an attack or something like yeah, they, that they attacked the villages uh, and, and he was brought out or ran out whatever and he said <laughs> and he says so you're not an immigrant you're a refugee which gave you from a war <laughs> yes and then he Oh, I'm zero. I'm so sorry. I take back everything I just said. <laughs> and well, you see, there, there's a dynamic, and that guy in that video had brought it up. The dynamic is that, and you see it in most of the other uh, frames before then. Mm-hmm. Zero takes a back seat to Gustav. Gustav yeah. is more at the forefront of the frame. Zero's at the back, or he's under him or behind him or whatever. After that, they start sharing equal screen time, and sometimes Zero is in front of Gustav, mm-hmm. and specifically with his time with uh, what's her name, Agatha. Agatha. Well, that, and then when they're on the sled, mm-hmm. Zero's on the front. Yeah. And on the motorcycle, he's on yeah. the front. And then when they get on the train, uh, you know, when they get on in the car with Bill Murray, they're showing from. It'd be their left sides is what we're seeing, but zero is the closest to the camera. Yeah. 
So the focus shifts to him. Yeah. You know, a little more so, and they become more equals yeah. than concierge to lobby boy. Yeah. And well, doesn't he even say, I consider you my equal at one point in the movie? It's somewhere around that, after that refugee part, I believe. I, I think he hugs him, he says, um, you know, I consider you a brother or something like that. Yeah. And he gives him a hug and he's, you know, crying or whatever. And he says, how is our dear Agatha? And he says, he starts quoting the, he starts doing a verse. Once upon a winter night, the <laughs> snow filled when he goes on and the alarm starts sounding. He goes, I'm going to have to stop you right there. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I insist you tell me the rest later <laughs> because this sounds very good <laughs> or whatever. <clears throat> I wish I had the, the whole spiel. Right oh, the, um, he says, this is the, me thinks, me breathes, me laughs, me fears. Yeah. <laughs> That's the, oh, me. Well, we, Willem Dafoe, you know, his, his character in this movie was fantastic. The underbite. Yeah. <laughs> I picked up on that. <laughs> you know, like how he appears, like in the jail. How did he get into the jail? And he's just standing, who's that? You know, Edward Norton is inspecting the scene where all the men are killed. He's like, who's that? And then Willem Dafoe creeps in the room. It's like, how did he get in here? Like, you're not, you're not a part of this. You need to leave. Get him out of here. <laughs> well, the <coughs> and then he picks, he picks up the box off the ground and licks it, and he goes, Mendels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, leave. Well, it's it's almost silly. Mm-hmm. Sparks of it are silly, and that's I like silly. That's one thing I like. Yeah. Man child movie night. Yeah, we're pulling up this uh, little scene here when they're on the train. Yeah. He says, he's talking about the, the painting boy with Apple, and he's looking at it. I'll never part with it. It reminded me of her. It will remind, it reminded her of me. It will remind me of her always. I'll die with this picture above my bed. See the resemblance? And he holds up this. <laughs> and, then, and then he's like, oh, oh, yes. And then it shows him like a scene later, and he's laying on the bottom bunk of the bed. And he goes, actually, we should sell it. <laughs> get rid of it on the black market yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow. <laughs> And then we'll spend, uh, we'll go to the Maltese Riviera till this war blows over, and then we'll come back and take up our posts. Yeah. Agreed? Agreed. And he said, I'll give you 10%. No, or, uh, one, 1. Uh, 1.5% of the profit mark. Make it 10. 10? No, 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 no. That's more than I would actually, actually uh, would, uh, pay for, a, for from an actual dealer. Yeah. Um, no. If you do the correct math, 1.5% is the correct, is yeah. the correct form. But... Seeing as how I have no children, no heirs, I name you my sole heir. There's not much left in the cart other than a set of ivory-backed hairbrushes and, uh, uh, <laughs> and, and my, my, my collection of romantic poetry. <laughs> but in time, when I pass, this will all go to you. Deal? This is our sacred bond. This is our sacred blood pact. <laughs> Whatever he shakes his hand. <coughs> I'll draw it up right now. the paper. <laughs> this, the 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 goofy dialogue like that gets me, and yeah. it's I don't know it, it it the whole it fits in with everything, and there's there's some silly dialogue kind of like that in uh, Life Aquatic, mm-hmm. but it's nothing like this. This is way more fast paced. Yeah, I mean that one's fast paced, but this one is like yeah, like super fast paced, and the whole movie itself for us to kind of we've been bouncing bouncing around 
but the whole movie itself <coughs> TV. is very moves extremely fast. But yeah, but it, it moves fast. The whole movie moves fast. But like the more I watched it, I felt like it was going on not in a bad way, but I felt like there was a lot to it. Like it was still going and mm-hmm. going and going. I didn't want it to end, but the more I watched, like I felt like it was, it wasn't a short movie, you know, like it was abrupt. Right. But it it just has a fast pace, and I think maybe even the movie's not moving fast pace. Maybe it just seems like it because everybody in every scene is moving like and talking fast. Yeah, and, and it just makes it it seem like it's just at a breakneck speed, but like I, it, like sliding us down that sled. <laughs> Yeah, I like the certain things he does with like the camera like he zooms in like when the dude's putting his foot in the skis yeah (laughs) zooms in on that and I I, it may be weird but I find it oddly satisfying the scene where they're sneaking in the tools in Mm -hmm. the Mendel's things and they've got that little conveyor with the dude he takes, cut, it, he, he takes cutting, the bread, cuts, cuts, the, cuts the slice of the bread, and he slides it on. And he takes the cheese and he stabs the, you know, mm-hmm. the two, he slides it on. And he gets to those and he's about to cut them. And he's like, slides yeah, it on yeah. down. And then he cuts up the sausage or whatever. I don't, I don't know, something yeah, about that, soft. just seeing the hands. and the, yeah. I was like, I don't know, something. Well, and then, and the, the guy at the front. <laughs> No, I'm thinking about the hotel. I'm thinking about when they, they show up at the hotel and all the cops are there and <coughs> they're all like posted up inside the hotel and he come, she comes in with the Mendels, just a stack of it, and gives yeah. it to the front front guy. And he, he she's like, Mendels for everyone, you know. And, and then he eats it and then, then they come in with a whole other stack and he's, it's empty yeah. right there in front he's, of him. He just he kind of smile, <laughs> smiles at them. Yeah. And he's got frosting or whatever yeah. on, his, on his lips. He kind of smiles at them when they come in. Mm-hmm. The... It's almost literally like absurd. Yeah. Like it's just absurdity. Yeah. It makes me think of Monty Python. Yeah. It's just so like so unrealistic that it just seems real. Yeah. In a weird way. Because like with the you know good and well that they wouldn't that if he's checking it all he wouldn't just not cut up the pastries like Oh yeah, and they're not gonna dig their way out with some little toothpick tools. <laughs> <laughs> little kid toys. We need digging tools. <laughs> <laughs> like you're not no more. You're not like you're not gonna hear that. You know, all through there. But it's, well, know. when he I like it, that scene when he's talking about when he tells him we need digging tools. He uh he has them. He has the Mendel's box <clears throat> and he opens up the pastry. All right, who's got the throat slitter? <laughs> <laughs> and then you're later Which gets, on. Gets used later. Yeah, well, they're talking about uh, the uh, the rain. Yeah, it's raining, raining hard here. But they're discussing all that, and he said, "How long do you think it would take?" I said, "Oh, well, at the pace and with the throat slitter, <laughs> you know, I'd say probably a matter of months." With, in which in uh, that amount of time, most of our party here would be either executed or dismissed. Yeah. He's like, exactly. We don't have that kind of time. Yeah. <laughs> we need digging tools. Yeah. And he's like, brilliant idea. And, and then he figures out that's where I come in in the mix. Yeah. 
he has the pull to make it happen. Right. He, he, or he, you can see the look on his face. He looks at the minerals box. And he, it's like a yeah. light bulb. Mm-hmm. Speaking of light bulb, this is kind of bouncing around, though. But this movie bounces around. It's fine. The lighting, the lighting, if you notice, especially when Jude Law and the F. Murray Abraham are talking, mm-hmm. whenever he's about to talk about something, like the light will be normal, and then like when he brings up Agatha, like all the lights come down. It's like they're on a stage. All yeah. the lights come down and like little lights come up here or whatever and like just show on her face like he's in the dark and then like a light shines on his face and yeah. you see the tears and all that stuff that's like theater yeah that's like a stage performance like well, i thought it was funny how like he said on their third day on their third date they're gonna get married you know on our third date we were to be with will you marry me <coughs> yes yeah <laughs> will you marry me yes well, so I saw someone on Reddit talking about how she has that big scar, and it's almost like when she's doing work, working with the flower, she rubs it on her face to hide it. Yeah, uh, I didn't, you know, I didn't catch that when I was watching. Well, it. they're both. I mean, she doesn't have any family, and she's obviously Irish. Right. It's like they're both immigrants, and mm-hmm. I think he says that they're both alone in the world. They didn't have anybody, nobody to tell them no, nobody to, you know. Yeah. And they kind of. Where they were in love, and that's what I mean. That's beautiful. Yeah. You think about it. I mean, really, not to get too sappy and sentimental. Man child, maybe not, not a woman child. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but <coughs> which we do have some some lady movies coming up, hopefully. Soon. Yeah, <laughs> we're getting a list together over here. Lady movies. <coughs> but um, my wife wants the weird ones, like Crybaby, <laughs> Hairspray, and. Uh, Oh. Scissor hands. That she and I asked her. She says on a Johnny Depp thing. It's the it's the uh, director. The way that it's the, the producer, director, whoever that make those movies, it's the same person. You know. So. Oh well, uh, yeah. Edward Scissorhands is Tim Burton. Uh, I don't think it was the Burton was the one she likes. Uh, John that. Waters. Oh, that's it. That's it. Uh, he did Cry Baby and uh, yeah, Hairspray. Yeah, that's the guy. Yeah, he's a he's a, he's, a, he's a weirdo. <laughs> he's a weirdo. He is a weirdo. I've seen him before. He was on uh, Jackass the movie at the end of it. Yeah, okay. no, not at the end of it. <coughs> I think he was in Jackass the movie doing something. I've no, seen him. He's before. the magician. It's like and now a magic show. Yeah, and I think that's the one where this is way off. <laughs> I'm just gonna stop there. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> This is about as quirky as I usually go. And that's the best way to describe this movie. It's just yeah. kind of quirky and strange. Sure. But it really is. And there are hints. I'm going to look up that quote that he says <coughs> when they're on the train at the first, uh, the first time they're on the train. And uh, Edward Norton comes in mm-hmm. and kind of rescues them from... The guy that was that were roughing him up, and you want to direct quote it then, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, he says, "You see, there are still faint glimmers of civilization left in this barbaric slaughterhouse that was once known as humanity." And that kind of—I'm not going to quote the rest of it because <laughs> to the end he's like, "Oh, fuck. <laughs> 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 I was going to say I thought something come after that. Yeah, but 
that I mean that quote's pretty good. You know, there still are faint glimmers of civilization. Yeah. You know, you could say of hope or of happiness or kindness or whatever. Right. And that's I don't know if it'd be an underlying theme or not. I think he just wanted to tell a funny tell a story and whatever. But <laughs> there's a lot of kindness in there well you see the admiration that he holds for agatha even after she dies oh yeah well that and then the admiration he holds for gustav yeah even after he's well well, he but he you know uh jude law asked him you know do you you come and stay here remember him and he said oh no you know it's this was our place this was for agatha you know this was this is how this is where this was our home they lived there you know yeah the hotel i keep for agatha i think is what he says yeah and he, you could tell he's just a nice, humble. Oh yeah, you live fella. in the servants' quarters. Yeah, you own the hotel. And, and he, what does he say there? <laughs> he's part of his world. You know, you're, you're part of his world. We all are part of the same world. He said, you know, I think his world was already dead before he entered it. Mm-hmm. You know, or it was already dying when he entered it, or whatever. And he was a, a man of, behind his time, or something like that. More of a kind of like what somebody referred to Yoda as Yoda was from a past time so he had more formal you know had a more formal way about him didn't yeah. fit in with the norm of that day of that society or so they say or so they say <laughs> because they say they say that that's like one of the lines in this movie you know they say all the time isn't, it, isn't that right like or so they say or something like or so that so they say um, well they went they go on the little well it depends. Well, of course it depends. Well, of course it depends. Of course it depends. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <coughs> and yeah, it seems like they do say that. That's yeah, say. I mean, it was a recurring thing. Yeah, they yeah. say a lot of the same things. Over, yeah. You know, a lot of uh, little lines. Yeah. But it makes you, you were talking about it earlier, the realism, it makes you feel like you just get pulled into it because to me I feel like it could have been a real place because I mean it's based on Eastern Europe Mm -hmm. you know Czechoslovakia Poland Germany I think we already already mentioned that earlier but it kind of feels that way now granted I've never been there but I've done a lot of I'm a history buff I've read a lot and I've seen things you know architecture and that kind of thing it makes you it has a a strange vibe compared not to offend anybody by saying that Eastern European people are strange or the place is strange, (laughs) but compared to life in Northeast Mississippi, it is very strange. Let's not go there. Yeah. It's a silly place. place. (laughs) But it's like, I'm sure they probably look at us and think, wow, that's really strange. Rednecks. Yeah. (laughs) But, Meth pine. <laughs> Meth pine. But there's something quite charming about it. And that's what I I kind of think about this movie. If I had a, a word to describe it, it would be quaint. Mm-hmm. Or kind of, yeah, charming. It's, uh, I'm not... I, I like to think of myself as an educated uh, redneck, but I'm not a, I'm not a very um, cultured 
So, I mean, it seems, yeah, I would say quaint. Yeah. But it, I don't know, something about it makes me feel homey, I guess. Well, that, you know, I think that's, uh, uh, who's the character, uh, Zero's adult form? F. Murray Abraham. Yeah, I think, I think that's what he puts off. As much in the beginning and the ending is, you know, he's just seems like somebody you would want to sit down and talk to. Yeah. When Jude starts talking to him, he's like, but if you're really interested and you really want to know. Yeah. You know, and you're not merely, on, yeah, you're not merely. Uh, just being nice. Yeah, you're not merely just being nice. Why don't you And you must tell me, yeah, you must yeah. tell me if you are. Well, see, I'm, I like to sit down and listen to stories. Like oh, that. yeah. And that's man, all this. Yeah. And that was obviously like we talked about earlier. So that's why I read books and why we watch movies. I'm here. I'm like a little kid sitting on the carpet with my legs crossed. I'm gonna I'm sound. I'm gonna sound like a Facebook post right now. But how how much better off would the world be if everybody sat around and listened to their papa talk about something? You know, really, <clears throat> or anybody. You know, anybody. anybody. Listen to other people. Other people have input and life experiences that you don't have. You know, and you can learn and be a better person from things that they went through. Or or nothing else just be entertained yeah sure yeah and I mean that to me I mean that's the way the story's set up he's telling the story mm -hmm. of his life from the time he met uh, Gustav H until the present day or you know you don't, or until he died right so now, now tell me this because I don't think I understood this. Now, the the, the statue at the beginning. That was the writer. Right. Jude Law. And Jude Law is the writer, just yeah, in his just older younger. form. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, it's... Tom Wilkinson plays the older yeah. version. Jude yeah. Law plays the younger right. writer. That's it. It's kind of funny... It, it doesn't get confusing, but I guess it could be. Well, you're you're like three or four people deep before you hit the storyline, right? Of what's happening. Well, the opening scene <laughs> is that girl, and you don't ever see her again. She doesn't even say anything. Yeah. And she's just looking at the statue, and then it turns into, then it goes. Oh, from, you see her at the very end of it. Yeah. You know, around, but, but not in the in the bulk of the story or nothing. Closing the book. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, you don't ever get the writer's name. He's just an author or writer mm -hmm. or yeah. young author or whatever. And I thought it said his name on that statue, but it says Our National Treasure. Mm. I thought it said like Nathaniel or something. I was like, what's his name right here? No, it's <laughs> National Treasure. Right. Our National Treasure. Gotcha. But it goes from present day to 1985 and then jumps back to 1968. Like yeah. it doesn't stay in present day, but like not even a minute. Yeah. And then it jumps back to 1985 and you're there for like three minutes to see him get shot with a pellet gun by his grandson. <laughs> no, no. And then it jumps. Then he apologizes. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> and then he jumps, it jumps back to 1968 and stays there for 15 minutes. Yeah. And then you go back to 1932 and then yeah. you kind of back and forth between 1932 and 1968. Right. And then it comes all the way back to present day. Yeah. At the end, there's that Tarantino vibe again. Yeah, all out, of, all out of sequence. Yeah, I feel like we're. Did we talk about Bill Murray? No. Okay. We, we haven't. We haven't really talked about that whole sequence or much about the the. We'll continue with that. Well, yeah. uh, well, 
we'll, we'll go from there because that was we had talked about the, <laughs> the prison, the yeah, prison, the breaking out from the prison, <clears throat> the uh, the society of the crossed keys, <laughs> and like the Knight Templar of yeah. <laughs> hotels of concierges. <laughs> Bill Murray makes a cameo. Yep. Uh, we had a lot of people right there. Yeah, it was Bill Murray. Um. A few of them I didn't know. Bob Balaban. <laughs> yeah. Who's in... Uh, yeah, no, I, I wasn't familiar Little with Little bald him. dude. Yeah, yeah, Bob Balaban. Uh, the Indian fella. Mm-hmm. The Sikh with the Sikh um, turban. Sure, yeah. He uh, He's in Life Aquatic. Okay. And I think he's in a few of the other Wes Anderson movies. Um Somebody else that I knew showed up, I thought. Was Jason Schwartzman on that? No, he's just at the front. He's okay. just the concierge from 1968. Oh, okay. oh. No, that's true. Um, the answer, yes. Yes. I'll make a call. I'll make a phone call or whatever yeah. it is they say. Yeah. And all of that was just to find, get them passage through there and find, or find Serge X. Mm-hmm. And then you know, Bill Murray picks him up in the car. Yeah. We should offer him, offer him some money for all of his. <laughs> what do you have? Is it ten cubics or yeah. whatever? And he's like, you know, give me give nine me. or however yeah. many it was. Give it to me. <laughs> he's like, what? And he offers it. He goes, no. <laughs> Bless you. <laughs> oh please. Oh please. <laughs> um, he gives him what the. He gives him the perfume and he's yeah, great. Uh, he said they only had the small bottle. Yeah. Like four big sprays. Yeah. And he and gives zero. zero. Me? 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 <laughs> yes. <And> then. <laughs> yeah. And then they go. The. Um, <coughs> You're coughing all over the place. That was the. Um, they go up to the. That mountain. Yeah. To the monastery. Are you Mr. <laughs> Gusov? Are you Mr. Gusov from the Grand Budapest Hotel in Nevelspad? Uh huh. Get on the next cart. <laughs> Are you some I want to keep wanting to say senor. Are you more good stuff from the Grand Budapest Hotel in Naval's butt? Uh-huh. Switch with me. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets up. Are you more good stuff from the Grand Budapest Hotel in Naval's butt? Uh-huh. <laughs> Put these on and sing. Yeah. And then, <laughs> when he sits down in the church. Are you Mr. Gustav? Yes, it. <laughs> Confess, I'm innocent. Yeah. <laughs> no. Confess. And then one of you said your favorite lines in the. <laughs> they killed my sister. The club-footed girl. Yes. Those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that scene is just hilarious. <laughs> the way he delivers that that line. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they, they they make a comment earlier before we get on further on. They make a comment earlier in the movie where no, that nobody knows who the owner of the hotel right, is. Right. That every so many months or whatever, once a month, uh, the guy that represented him, which was Jeff Goldblum, yeah, the lawyer, represented him, showed up, and uh, would go over business stuff. And, you know, nobody knows. It's just pays whatever well what I see oh yeah Willem Dafoe 
mm-hmm. kill Serge X. Yep. In the little thing. And then they go out mm-hmm. and chase him yep. and the scene with the <laughs> me thinks, me breathes, yeah. me last, <laughs> me me hears <laughs> Oh you got him <laughs> Just Just shoved, shoved him right off. And then <coughs> it uh What's his name? Uh, Edward Norton. Mm-hmm. He's got the little megaphone and says, <clears throat> "Do not move. Do not try to flee. Do not try to escape." Oh, uh, so what are you thinking? He said, "I'd rather jump right off this cliff than go back, go back to, to prison." <laughs> go back to prison. Uh, what do you think? Well, I think we take the motorcycle, go back, get Agatha, get boy with Apple, sell it, and head for the Maltese Riviera. After yeah. all, yeah. bless you, Zero. <laughs> Yes, and then uh, <coughs> says a moment of silence for a faithful servant killed in the in the performance of his duties. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> talking about Serge. Yeah, talking about Serge. We miss you, Serge. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go. <laughs> <coughs> and then what is he? They send Agatha in to get the yeah. She goes in the with paint. the mandals to get the painting and uh, get the painting. Then which you know the last time we saw her, if I'm right, was. She was in her room and she heard something outside her house. Yes, and you saw the newspaper uh, come up right after that that said... Uh, Woman with her head cut off. Yeah, a local girl's head found in a basket. Yeah, and then of course Edward Norton's like, bring me the basket. And yeah. it's, um, it's the girl with the club foot. Yeah, that scene makes me jump. Does it? Yeah, it's like, oh, whoa. Yeah, well, it, a lot of people I saw were thinking that it was her. And that she, you know, she's only up there for a second or something. Yeah. You think that it's Agatha that's been killed because last time you see her, she's creeping up on the roof. So you hear someone yeah. walking around. And, uh, but no, it's not, of course. But I think the next time we see her is when she goes in there and steal the, the painting back. And then he starts creeping. Well, the, re- the reason that you think it's... draws my painting. Yeah. The, the, reason, the reason you think it's Agatha is because it's showing the scenes of Willem Dafoe's character sitting at that desk talking on the phone. Yeah. And you've been seeing the whole time, like, one, he's got a picture of Sarah Jax, and then he's got a picture of her sister. Yeah. He's got pictures of Gustav and uh, Kovacs. Mm-hmm. And then, like, you know, he's got an X over the girl when he kills her, and he's got an X over Kovacs yeah. when he's killed him. And then you see Agatha's picture on there. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, he's killed her. Yeah. I did, I think, the first time I watched it. I thought that it was, it was her. Yeah. And then it moves on. She goes in. Dimitri. That's his name. Dimitri. That girl has my picture. I think that girl has my yeah, picture. Yeah. <laughs> starts, starts trailing her. Yeah. Sixth floor, please. Sixth floor. <laughs> Looking at her all creepy like. And then he just reaches over. He like, just starts diddling on the, <laughs> tearing on the paper. paper it's a pretty picture. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, You've already got a mustache. You just yeah. need to back up off me, man. <laughs> Twiddling around. Yeah, the snidely whiplash yeah. mustache. <laughs> she makes it down the hall and just bolts. <laughs> and that and they have an all-out shootout on the stage. That's when, when they come up the service elevator. They've got the Mendels. Uh, both of them are carrying Mendels. Big yeah, things. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to kill you, you fruit or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to kill you, you something fruit. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes to shoot pulls out the gun goes to shoot and all the cops start wandering out from their rooms <laughs> just yeah. having no shoot yeah then old Edward Norton who's shooting who <laughs> that's Gustav H concierge of the Grand Budapest Hotel 
Um, he murdered. He murdered my mother and stole my painting or something. Yeah, stole like my that. painting. That's Dimitri. Uh, what's their last name? They go from taxes. They go from taxes. They go from taxes. Yeah, the family they go from taxes. And uh, that's Dimitri. They go from taxes. He he murdered his mother or whatever. Yeah. And to steal it? her royalties or yeah, whatever. Is, was that where it ends? They just carry him back. No. He goes, oh, they, they, he goes. Nobody move. Everybody's under arrest. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's when they, she ends up hanging off. She follows. Says, window. Where's Agatha? He said, that's what he. That's what he. Where's Agatha? And he yeah. hears her. Help! She's hanging yeah, off the window. Yeah. And he goes running out there, and she falls out. Yeah. And yeah. That's so stupid. He goes running out, and then comes and he knocks on the door. It's got the do not disturb sign on yeah. it. He goes over, knocks on the door, and then he he goes back and runs. And the guy yeah. opens the door, and he runs straight through out the window, and he's hanging right beside her. But <clears throat> that's where she tells him, "Hey, I see. There's something in the there's back something of the in the back of that painting." painting. And then That's they read the it. second copy of the second will. Yeah. <laughs> second, but they made a. I was witness to a second document made being made. Second document, a second will. Second will. For what? In case second will to be made and or be to be looked at only in case of her death by murder. Yeah. So second will in case she got bumped off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> but they destroyed it. <sighs> yeah. But, but yes. <laughs> I have a new poor procure a copy. A copy. A second copy of the second will. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> More of that crazy dialogue. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, the <laughs> And nobody died in the shootout. No, yeah. They shot the Mimbles boxes. Yeah. <laughs> they shot the columns and everything. Nobody died. Where's Boy with Apple? Where's Boy with Apple? <laughs> The face he makes. None of your business. <laughs> that, face he makes. that was a that was a clash of titans face. Right yeah. Ronnie Stockrackham. <laughs> I know that's not the same actor. I was about to say that was Liam Neeson. Right? <laughs> yeah. <coughs> they kind of look the same in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> Memory fades. <laughs> and then they read it. He gets it all. And he gets it all. Turns out. The owner of the hotel was Madame D. All along. Dig off from taxes. <laughs> the whole time. Yeah. And apparently nobody knew it. Even he, even Gustav didn't the, know it. That cheap cut of steak. Yeah. <laughs> and he'd been... <laughs> Filleting her mignon. <laughs> Filleting her mignon. For, <coughs> he says, 19 consecutive seasons. Yeah. Right there at the front. Ooh. To earn the loyalty of a woman like that for 19 consecutive seasons. (laughs) (laughs) That's not to venture too far back. When she's leaving, she's like, I love you. And I love you. All right. (laughs) (laughs) He sends the car over. He's like, all right, chop, chop. (laughs) Enough of this. Well, then... He gets a he appoints him as concierge, mm-hmm. made him his heir, and then he basically lived like a king, but doesn't say how long. Mm-mm. And then, well, she, you know, Agatha and the and his child died yeah. of a disease. Now we could cure. Did he say a week or uh, a day? Yeah, or with, yeah, it's a curable within. It's uh, treatable with medicine and can be you can be better in like three days. Yeah, 
it was a fever or something like that. Mm -hmm. And you realize then, and with uh, them being on the train right after that, that same black and white scene where it's the kind of a, a... a redo I guess of the earlier scene where he gets stopped and he's looking at his papers and the war you know the war started I'm in a barley field again <laughs> yeah why don't we stop again a barley field again and why does he have the same papers it's been this whole time yeah <laughs> and uh yeah he has the same and it you know he, that was a, that's a stage 3 visa darling <laughs> yeah and uh I verified it myself he says uh no zero, don't get up. And then they go to fight, and they said they take him outside. Well, what happened to him? They shot him, mm. of course, you know. And he will. He was his sole heir. Yeah. And he left it all to me. He said I didn't, you know, I didn't. Uh, was he? Uh, Jude Law asked him, you know, how did you come to buy the the Grand Budapest? I didn't. Yeah. It was given to me, you know, or whatever it is he says, but. Realize then that the movie is actually kind of a tragedy, in a in a in a way. Yeah. Because you see him, you know, and he says at the first, you know, he said he looked, you know, we all were uh, lonely travelers or whatever, and you know, suffering from, uh, you know, we're lonely travelers, but he or lo- suffering from loneliness, but he was the only one who actually looked lonely. Yeah. Like really and truly lonely. Yeah. Gustav here. Uh, no, um, he's talking, this was Jude Law talking about oh. uh, Zero. Oh, okay. He said he's the only one who looked really and truly yeah. lonely. And then that's at the first of it before you hear the story. And then you get the whole funny story and then it gets to the end and it's yeah. like, well. And see, I've noticed that kind of about, you know, with, uh, um, Life Aquatic. Mm-hmm. It's, funny and then at the end it kind of has a more um, round and mellow out part yeah kind of a drama uh, yeah. not really it's not really a tragedy in in that movie this one is it's definitely you know he loses everybody like he yeah. had no family he'd lost all his family and then he loses the love of his life and his child and then his best friend but he gets to see fat guys get showered in that hot <laughs> <laughs> the lady oh, yeah, singing the whole time God. it's an even trait yeah and <coughs> I don't know I think that about sums it up yeah it's a good movie it is an excellent movie yeah I'm glad I could turn you on to it yeah I mean it's I've only watched it twice I think you know but uh, there will be many more <laughs> Yeah. Coming for sure. Well, I have written here. Well, we just discussed our overall thoughts. But I mean, it. If you haven't seen it, and you've made it this far, it's ruined. <laughs> you need to watch it. You effers. It's. <laughs> it is a work of art, and I will put it up. I mean, I like a lot of movies, and there's probably my favorite. If if I had to narrow it down to my favorite movies, uh, as far as of all time, I would probably they probably wouldn't be quote unquote masterpieces or works of art or something. I mean, they're all works of art, but um, it would probably be a funny movie or an action movie, something. You know, yeah. I, I'd have to really think about what my favorite movies are. 
We could just flip back through our catalog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but as far as movies that I think are just from beginning to end, well done, all across the board, masterpiece. The Village, of course, I've, I say that a lot. But this movie is on that list. Yeah. And then probably something like Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. And, um... Heck, the whole Band of Brothers series, if you want to talk about. Yeah, I mean, just... I don't know what I'm trying to say. It's kind of like The Revenant. The Revenant is another one. It's just like the whole... Everything about it. It's a roller coaster ride. Yeah, that one. A movie. And... Any, any anything that can draw you in like we've talked about now that's probably the theme of this this episode anything that can draw you in and hold you and make you feel like you're not in 2018 northeast Mississippi here <laughs> like I'm sitting in my living room here in Mississippi and I feel like you know I can zone out and I can be in 1932 Zabrovka in a place that doesn't even exist or I can be in 1800s up on the friggin' high peaks of the Colorado Rockies. <clears throat> and it captivating, I think, is a word. Even though this isn't one, it won Oscar. You got nominated for. It Master, won for music. From, it won for, for the music. Musical score, yeah. And it won for costume, too, I thought. Mm. Costume design or something. Um. But it was nominated, I think, for like best original screenplay and yeah. and other things. Deservedly, <coughs> I don't know if he's been nominated for other things before. But it's this. I don't. I mean, Life Aquatic is good. I haven't seen any of his other stuff. It's on my list. I'm gonna buy it on Amazon or whatever. And uh, because I'm basically obsessed with his work now. Yeah. And like Tarantino. Whenever when I first discovered yeah. him, I was like. I gotta see all the rest of his stuff. Like I have to see it. Well, I've got to see Fantastic Mr. Fox now because I've heard. Yeah, I want to see it. Heard some awesome stuff about it. And so. uh, Isle of Dogs is another. Yeah. That one coming out, a couple weeks, few weeks. Yeah. Um, stop motion. I, I. It'd probably be a good one to take the young into, but. Yeah. She. She has no. She has no class. <laughs> she doesn't appreciate. <laughs> she doesn't appreciate fine things such as this. We watch Paw Patrol <laughs> and YouTube videos of silliness. Yeah. This is rather silly. Enough of something completely different. Yeah. For my Money Python fan. <laughs> Sir, do you, any, do you have anything else to add? No, that's it. I think that rounds it out pretty well. I thought we might get a phone call from Chris to put him on the line, but alas. Maybe next time. Maybe next time. Maybe next time he can get his butt in here in the Manchild Movie Night Studios and join us and have his voice tickle your earlobes <laughs> but anyway with all that being said if you want to hit us up it is I was about to give my personal email hello yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like any of you five people actually want to email us especially my personal email yeah <clears throat> it's at movies at manchildmovienight.com we're on reddit r4 slash mcmn facebook manchild movie night we are on twitter at manchild movies 
Have we uh, got anything else? iTunes, SoundCloud. Yes. If you've listened to us on SoundCloud, uh, we appreciate it. Go over to iTunes, though. I think that's kind of the hub yeah. where you can rate, review, uh, comment. Hopefully have a site coming up soon. You heard it here first. Yeah. And here only. Because <laughs> there's nobody, nobody else, else is talking about <laughs> Nobody else is talking about it. Uh, yeah, hopefully have a set. And we're still um, thinking about the live stream. Like you'd want to see these ugly mugs of ours. <laughs> um, doing a, maybe a Facebook live stream or yeah. something of that sort. Something free. Some video footage. Video footage <laughs> of uh, one of these here episodes. If we can get a... Oh, we could, Let's just do Be Kind Rewind. Be kind of <laughs> make that our live footage movie. Oh, uh, I was thinking if, if we're going that far, it'd be Orange County. Oh yeah, we want to do Jack Black. There you go, like Orange County. <laughs> oh yeah, we're we're not going to venture down there <laughs> at all. That's another movie I like. Yeah, that's a very underrated. Uh, that my brother went to see in theaters. I remember I never saw it for a long time because he went to see it in theaters and said it sucked. Yeah, uh, how wrong he was. Yeah, you suck. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> he's the same guy that told you that in Glorious Bastards it's not you know, yeah. he doesn't listen to this podcast yeah. he probably doesn't even know what a podcast is he's an old man I say whatever I want to about him <laughs> this is my, my podcast this is my but <coughs> it has been a lovely evening darling <laughs> 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 for Dusty as always, and Chris, if he ever shows back up, his spot's getting cold over here. And for Mr. Gustav H. and all of the Grand Budapest Hotel employees, peace.